Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris and this week I'm looking for the best book about an alien invasion to help me figure out just what's going on here. <laughs> Our two high school English teachers, like, is, Ian and Joe. Is it a cloud of dust? Is you, it a weather balloon? You tell balloon? me. I'd like to know. I think it's I'd like to just know. a weather balloon. Just a weather balloon. Hi, Nick. I'm Joe. Joe Holshue. I'm a high school English teacher. If you are looking for an alien invasion novel, I read one by literary heavyweight Ursula K. Le Guin. Um, it asks the question, Nick, what if we were the aliens doing the invasion? Very good. Stupid. That's stupid. No. <laughs> That's valid. Oh, it's immediately dumb. Ian. Um, Klaatu, <laughs> Nick, Barada, Joe, and Barada. Nick Joe Litheads. clap. This week, my name is Gort. I'm a robot who might destroy <laughs> the world. And in order to do so, I'm masquerading as Dr. Ian DeYoung, a high school English teacher. This week, I brought a Lithead recommendation. Uh, Columbus Day by Craig Allenson. Uh, recommended by Lithead Nick. Mm-hmm. Wait, is this just Nick? Love that. Nick is my real name. Instead, Nicholas. Instead of the fake name, I was going to use Glort. <laughs> uh, his Not name is Glort, Glort, Glort. and we listen, will bow to Listen, him. okay. Modern science fiction film is mostly dead. Like we can all agree on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. The 1950s, this is not new. The 1950s were a golden era because they would say, brother, we're going to have a robot in a movie. His name? Who cares? Gort. <laughs> Let's roll with it. <laughs> can he destroy the world? You bet. Anyway, moving on. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, 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 <laughs> Nick, are this you excited is- for alien invasions? We've had some yeah. kind of down, downer themes recently, and mm-hmm. I think it's time for some uppers, like aliens. Best alien movie. Best alien movie. Go. I'm going to go first. Alien. Dang wow. it. Oh, I was wow. going to say alien. Really? Now you have to pick a different one. Uh, and you can't say pre- aliens. No. Pred- predator. Ooh, that's a good one. Or wow. or was Arnold Schwarzenegger the alien? We'll find out on today's book. <laughs> mm-hmm. We will. Oh, we now will. you have to name one. Um, I can't yeah. speak to either of these. Uh, I, I haven't seen Alien or Predator. I'm not Joe's really the alien. alien. Joe's the alien. Can we stop? Can we stop? I have never show? seen Alien just, movies. Group, group, group. Um, I did watch. You know how no, like when you, you have were to a answer kid, the question. I don't know if this still happens, but can't when I was a kid, a story. there was a TV show where there was an alien invasion, but like they they were like body snatchers. Like the people came in and then they like pretended to be other things. And yes. the only thing I remember is that all the aliens loved paprika like it like made them go crazy like they would like eat paprika by the spoonful and that's how you could tell that it wasn't your mom it was actually a body snatcher so it was like a culinary kind of a culinary alien movie yeah well that you watched well it was more of a body snatcher alien movie with paprika undertones i would say but this (laughs) this is actually one of those things in my life you know like i came across it on television a lot i i think it's ungoogleable do you know how you have things in your life that you've been looking for for years that are like difficult to google i can't find rika what if i found this immediately joe what would you think about that uh let's see genius Mm -hmm. uh amanda in the alien a cartoonish erectile erectile uh, erectile what? Boeing 
I don't know it, what's going on here. It involved a female alien being sent to Earth, and when she ate paprika, she became horny, and guys kept feeding it to her. Oh my <laughs> no, god! That Joe, is, you, is this a pornography that you've accidentally recommended? Amanda I'm 90% and the alien. Sure, this isn't porn. This is according to the horror. <laughs> I'm 90% sure it isn't porn. I'm pretty sure it's direct to video. And I saw it on either Fox or WB. Amanda in the alien, a young virile woman named Amanda oh, loves paprika. This is great. This is, this is, okay, this so is discovering Joe's secret vices. This so, feminist masterpiece Nick. includes a man being devoured by alien for not giving her an orgasm. God, I hate I had to say that word. Amanda a scene where a woman alien. teaches an alien how to shower. A cartoonish erectile Boeing? Erectile Boeing. This is Boing. Boing. It's an erectile Boeing sound, Nick. Boing. Oh, sound. Okay. Yeah. Well, a hyphen or those two little asterisks would have been nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When she hears the words paprika chicken. Lots of Star Wait. Trek references. Amanda telling the bourgeois. To Nick, to answer your off. question, if this you want to know my question strange. about wow. the greatest alien invasion movie, my answer is Amanda and the Alien 1995. <laughs> a young bohemian artist falls in love with a human-eating wow. alien. Wow. Well, welcome, Leadheads, the You Don't Know Lit, a weekly, as we call it, Strongly Podcast, where each week, two books are recommended by you or two high school... Eng- <laughs> Or, or these two high school English teachers I found. Nick Nick just drives <laughs> through the streets of whatever town he lives in and says, any high school English teachers follow me? Leadheads, if you have any uh, book recommendations, good books you're reading, uh, send them over to us. We have a, a long list of recommendations that we'll eventually get to over the next several years. But if you have anything urgent, please send it over. Uh, gentlemen, we have some rules to keep us on track. Rule number one, only unavoidable spoilers. Rule number two, omit needless words, Joe. And rule words, number Joe. three, only winning matters. Are there any alien wars in these books? Oh my gosh, my whole book is war. My book is nonstop yeah. war. Invasion non-stop kind of. War. It's, yeah. yeah. Mine's yeah. more alien skirmishes that break okay. out into a... a, a I mean, like, you think about invasions, out. right? You've either got, you've either got um, the invasion works and... The, the rest of the book is just crushing the, the crushing mm-hmm. the, the weak the resistance, mm-hmm. the weak, the, the losers or uh, the losers, the invasion, yeah. the invasion doesn't work. And then the best, the rest of the book is a, a drawn out running battle. Joseph, take 30 seconds and tell me exactly what your book is about. And remember, we won't time you. <laughs> oh, Nick, what if we were the aliens doing the invading? That's the question at the heart of my book this week. Amtshay, that's not, I'm realizing now that's the first time I've pronounced that word out loud. Amtshay is a peaceful planet, and the Amtshayans, small green men and women covered in fur, are a nice. peaceful people. Rape, violent assault, and murder do Whoa. not exist among oh, them. Good. The Terrans show up. We are the Terrans. We occupy, colonize the planet in order to harvest, <laughs> plunder the timber to be sent back to Earth. Along the way, we, we enlist the help enslave the Asheans. Written by literary heavyweight Ursula K. Le Guin, this book won a Hugo Award and was a finalist for the National Book Award in <sighs> 1973. Wow. So, not, so it came out in came out in came 73, out in like 72? 70, it came out in 72, 73. Um, it, it won the Hugo in 73 and was a finalist for the National Book Award that same year. Joe, is this your first time reading this book? Yeah, this is my first time okay. reading this book. I am and actually, super, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, Ian, I think Ursula Le Guin, Ursula K. Le Guin is an important author for both you and I. I, I think see, we both read see. Earthsea at a, at a 
relatively tender age, about the same time I was watching Amanda and the Alien, I think. I probably also discovered <laughs> the Wizard of Earth. Up there. Uh-huh. And now I'm so confused. Um, and I'm so concerned, number one, that people haven't read Ursula K. Le Guin, that she's somebody that like has fallen out of mainstream awareness, that she's somebody that like it's one of those authors that you love so much you want everybody to have you want to proselytize yeah you want to like share the good news yeah yeah but i also realized reading this book that i okay well it's not your turn right now ian yeah just save that for jesus your time ian what is your book about uh i'm gonna start by proselytize me nicholas's nicholas uh his reasons for greatness he suggested columbus day he says, at. it introduces great characters. It helps create an environment for a long series. It's an interesting look at how humans can come together. What do aliens look like? Do they look like, look like hamsters? What do they eat? Do they eat hamster food? Do they have cool guns? Do they have iPhone equivalents? If aliens invaded Earth, what would that whole thing be like? Craig Allenson's novel, Columbus Day, answers these questions and more. This is the first book of a 16-book space opera series, Expeditionary Force. Wait, say that last. It's it's so it's what, the first book long. of sixteen books. Uh, as of now, sixteen as of now. Oh my goodness, there do may they, be more. Do we get invaded in each book? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I would love that if it was like a monster of the week. At <laughs> Earth, like by the end of the book, each we we've saved Earth again, and then the next <laughs> just plowed. Somebody else rolls up. <laughs> Allenson couldn't do Independence Day for the book because that's already been taken. Columbus Day is a little bit less um, right. less well known. I would love it if he started cycling through for this idea. I started cycling through this Arbor very day. <laughs> Arbor day, <yeah. laughs> flag day. This is good. Ian, yeah, let's. I'm excited to talk about some holidays. The holiday doesn't play a huge role in this, except for the fact that this is it happens on Columbus Day when the the aliens invade us. Okay. Um, and he, he has a little thing where it's like And what's the time frame here? Is this This is this is present day. It's He's like not just, during the time of Columbus. Sure. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, but also yeah. we were invaded by aliens. In 1492, the Native Americans were invaded by Columbus and that changed their world forever. Same thing for us. Anyway, space hamsters. Let's go. <laughs> um, okay. uh, this a common criticism of science fiction is that it's it's just it's just all plot. Uh-huh. I would say that is that is very true of this book. And I'm gonna tell you guys a little story. <laughs> I'll tell you Plot's a little story fine. about um, about a trip to England I took with a friend. We were kicking around Oxford and we were looking for dinner. We went to this little pub. We're looking at their menu, it was a fairly small menu. And it had on there a prawn sandwich. And this is um, plot heavy, this story. My friend, my friend asked the the bar, the bartender, the bar, the barmaid, how's the prawn sandwich? And she looked at him with an indecipherable expression and said, Good if you like prawns. Right. Um, this book <laughs> is this book is this book is good if you like plot. If you like plot, maybe right. this is this is the plot for you. Um there are hamster aliens and they invade us. And then there's some lizard aliens and Can they you, drive off the hamsters. We Oh, but then you got to get something to drive off the aliens. And you no, I'm not. I need to bring in, I'm, yeah, some coyotes to get rid of the hamsters. <laughs> Tigers. Seriously, this plot is is I'm giving you extremely like zoomed out stuff. 
after the lizards drive off the hamsters, I we just, you're going Earth? too fast. We need to talk about the hamsters first. But, well, yeah, are the hamsters small or are they like nope, big human, human size, size hamsters? They're big. Oh, I hate that. I hate big. that. What? Why do like you Can you ride them? Did they get radiated no, in no, outer space? No, uh, no, waves no, they're, of, they're of not. They're UV not. They're not. They're not hamsters. They're they are hamster like they look like hamsters mm-hmm. but they're basically cute. hamsters does the book say they look like yes, hamsters okay the book goes further the book refers to them as hamsters I bet hamsters you know hamsters are cute but i bet they get a lot less cute when they're six feet tall it, like maybe not as i mean cool. i mean maybe but they're described they're described as as cute and fuzzy still even so i oh. i don't believe that craig allenson was like looking around his kid's pet area and Definitely. said I need some kinds of aliens. Um, we'll do a hamster. Oh, there's uh there's Dorky the lizard. Oh, and there's a spider. We'll do some spider aliens. Like, I think, okay, before we get into hamsters and lizards, I think it's mm. important to mention that heavy plot can be good, I think. There's a good way to do lots of yeah. plot, right? There is a good way to do it, yeah. Sorry, this is going to be, you know, this is not popular opinion, but like, you know, Breaking Bad is just plot. <laughs> it's just sure. plot sure. after plot yeah. after plot. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of forced to take a look at these characters a little bit. I mean, it's acted perfectly, but like, well, it's, it's, you plot, know what I mean? Like it's plot in order to reveal character, right? Like yeah. the plot there, what, what Walt does, what Walt Jr. Does, what, what, um, Skyler does guy. and the rest. Yeah. And the um, rest, the rest, <laughs> Gus, and Frank. the others, like Gus their, Frank. their decisions and Mike Ehrman trial, like the way he's a good example when Mike makes a decision in Breaking Bad that pushes the plot forward and it also tells us something about who he is mm-hmm. and not just who he is as a static character, but who he is becoming. So, yes, there is yeah. a definitely a good way to do uh, plot plot. All plot is not necessarily bad. Yeah. Plot is almost as fun to say as Gort. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, so what's what's the story about? They, um, they come in book number so the one. Hamsters, the, the, the book starts with a hamsters invading, right? Hamsters. And there's a little hamster interlude. And then the lizards show up and the lizards drive off the hamsters. Naturally, America and the world says, cool. The lizards are our friends, right? Because they drove off the invading force. Yes. Yes. A friend the, of my enemy is my the friend. Enemy, the enemy of my hamster is my lizard. <laughs> <laughs> so we, okay. we ally with these All lizard right. aliens. And yeah. early, early in the book, giving them guns, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Everyone, we discovered that literally everyone They have the a little lizard has, key to the nuclear bombs. Oh, God. <laughs> that only their lizard hand can use. Better at technology than we are. We are, we are backwards. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we are backwater. Just primates. We're, uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're not good at, at tech. So it turns out that the lizards are actually evil and horrible and, and, and enslaving mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and so then, you know, we are, oh, we allied with the wrong side. We have to go and rescue Earth uh, from these lizards, Mm -hmm. these lizard aliens and the lizard aliens. Yeah, there's an A.I. There's a lot of stuff that gets introduced as as Nicholas says, this is his phrase, creating an environment for a long series. So setting things up for in the next 15 books. Is there a main character here? Who's our who do we get behind? There is the main character. Um, His name, I believe, is Joe. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me. This is great. Recommended by Nick, main main character oh, yeah. Joe. Are the, is the bad guy named uh, the Ian? The bad guy is named Ian, actually. <laughs> really, I... um, this is a very army focused book. I kind of wonder if the author 
has a background in the military because there's a lot of army. This is what's called military sci-fi, which is personally not my favorite because it imagines a future which is just straight up violent. And I prefer <laughs> science fiction. <laughs> I prefer science, I prefer science fiction. Hopeful. Where it's like, well, where it's like, hey, the aliens are here, and maybe we don't know much about them, but they're not immediately trying to like murder us and take our brains. Mm. Um, <laughs> like when when you get an alien invasion book that starts with war, it's it can only like it, the story. You know the story. We're gonna fight them. We're gonna fight the aliens somehow. Yeah. How do they fight um, them? How do, how they, do they fight, fight large hamsters and large? lizards and do the lizards walk on their back two legs or are they crawling around i have the same question for hamsters my sense is that they're on their back two legs i might okay. they're on their back two. oh wow because they have pants the lizards have pants <laughs> <laughs> with zippers uh tell me Rob, everything that says about probably the pants so the their book. tails stick out the back of their pants <laughs> Yes, actually, Do they have to cut their own hole? holes. There is Hold a hole. Hold on. Did they come with pants or did they make their pants on earth and they're like no, sewing they came, them? They came with, they came pants. with pants. Oh, okay. and the hamsters oh, have pants, oh, too. Do they have shirts pants. or just pants? See, OK, this is a little tease from well, they're Craig pretty Allison. ripped, Joe. So they want to show he talks, the top oh, yeah, off. Obviously, he talks about he just kind of throws in. Oh, yes. By the way, Joe Bishop is wearing some some lizard pants at this point <laughs> and they're black and yellow <laughs> and that's all we get about the pants. And there's a hole for the tail. That's all. Um, this book is like if Starship Troopers was not satire. <laughs> Can I read you? <laughs> That's a great review. Can I read you a one-star review? I wish you oh, would. David. David. Okay, so the good part about Goodreads, the good part about Goodreads, the great part about Goodreads is that it tells you how many reviews the person submitting has done, oh, right? Yeah. So okay, some of these good, people good, are good. like, here's like 500 reviews. This is all I do for a living. I don't yeah. have a life. I yeah. this is I just live on Goodreads. Yes. David has left one review in his entire life, and it's this one-star <laughs> review that says i don't understand why people enjoy these books i'm currently on volume seven (laughs) (laughs) hey just stop buddy you can stop Stop. david don't do it how is this book ian is it fun is it it sounds really fun i don't know how this could be not satire Oh, it's not satire, though it's not it's definitely not satire i'm gonna i think i'm gonna answer that question with some five-star reviews. Mm. Uh, we don't usually do this, but... Um, highly very, uncharacteristic. Highly yeah. irregular. Highly unusual. Um, I just want to read you what some people have said they liked about this book. That'd be great. Joshua says, I have rarely seen someone merge hardcore science fiction action, the realities of technological disparity, and relatable humor in such an amazing fashion. Seriously, if you like science fiction at all, read this book. If you like humor that takes a third-person look at the human condition without being all atheist preachy, read this book just read it if you are disappointed then don't ever walk up to me in a coffee shop we probably won't get along (laughs) nanu says i haven't read many space operas not because i'm not interested but because i have so much to read however this particular book i have now read twice i love it here's what makes the story so great the humor yes aliens are upon us yes there's huge stakes for every move they have to make in this world but it never becomes too much because we have awesome characters with a great sense of humor the first time we meet Skippy, he gets called an asshole. That's prime storytelling right there. Um, Nicholas asks, how long do you have to read the books you discuss on the podcast? How long do you guys usually take? Probably a day. Uh, oh, I don't I don't finish any of the books. <laughs> <laughs> I read the first 10 pages or so to get a sense of it. And then I guess Google the rest. Yeah. Read the back cover. Yeah. Um, 
I, it, it varies a ton. Like sometimes we, we, we plan our, but well, I, I don't know how to say that. I, it. It varies a ton, Nicholas. It, it varies a ton. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I've been reading a book for an upcoming episode for like two weeks now, but also I was able to read my book this week in like two sittings. So it, it varies a lot. We do have books, uh, multiple books on, like on the, on the stove at the same time. So I've got a couple of books that I'm reading long term and then I just break off. Um, it also depends on how much I like the book. Some books, yes. if I hate them, I take forever to get through them. Yeah. If I love them, even if they're long, I read a book, a Stephen King book for uh, the, the show a while ago called fairy tale. That's a long, long book, but I loved mm-hmm. it. So I just yeah. zip right through it. Um, Fly through it. Yeah. Varies a ton is the answer. Varies a ton is the answer. So were the hamsters benevolent? <laughs> like that's one question I have. If the lizards kind are of, the enemies of the hamsters, were yeah. the hamsters actually the yeah. good guys all along? The hamsters are kind of, I mean, at the very least, the hamsters are not slavers. So, you know, I, I, we, we've one. made a lot of jokes here today about aliens and lizards and hamsters pants but and pants. I thoroughly am invested in hearing more about these lizards and their pants and these hamsters. Do they have um, what do the hamsters have? The hamsters like, have armor. The lasers? hamsters have special <laughs> armor. I imagined them in armor. When you said hamsters, I assumed they had some sort of armor. Yeah, they're soft and fluffy. They need to protect that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They have energy bars that taste like sawdust. Okay. We know this because Sergeant Joe Bishop uh, tastes one when he captures the hamster. He's like, they eat the hamsters. No, they don't eat the hamsters. He tastes it an energy, energy bar. Is there any sort of like cross uh, species uh, eating? Oh, I thought you were gonna, oh. yeah. Uh, no, no, there's no, oh, no love. I don't think, I don't Ian, think there's that any, what you thought I was going to say. I thought you were going to say love. And is I was there any say, cross uh, species love? Uh, no, there is just some extremely oh. awkward same species love. <laughs> Look, <laughs> wait, <laughs> like the like, lizards or the, the hamsters? No, the they, humans. No, the humans. Obviously. It sounds, it, oh. honestly, it sounds like a really, really sexy book. Thank you, Ian. And thank you, Nicholas. Okay. That's, if that's what you take away from this, great that's what i'm taking away joseph yeah joseph yes is there any alien sex in your book nick rookie rookie move you've got us you gotta phrase it differently joe how much how much alien sex is there in your book um there is one off-screen alien sex in my book um that's actually a catalyst for a lot of the give me one sex yes (laughs) (laughs) all right nick um i brought a i brought an alien invasion novel this week uh that's actually good um we No, um, I, I brought a book this week by Ursula K. Le Guin. Ursula K. Le Guin um, returning to the show. We both read Wizard of Earthsea. I believe Ian brought Left Hand of Darkness. Am I right about that? I want to. I don't believe I have yet. Um, okay. No, that's I think you just made that I, up. Joe. I adore I adore Le Guin. And I think um, Joe's Joe's comment about proselytizing when you read Le Guin, you want to like share her with other people is absolutely on point. We brought a, a Wizard of Earthsea. Yeah, we brought a Wizard of Earthsea a long time ago. Like one of the first, maybe the first oh, cop out first on cop this out show. First yep, cop out be. episode. Yeah, so so Nick, a common criticism of science fiction is that it is all plot. This <laughs> is not all plot. In fact, I think this is like themes more than mm. anything, right? Mm. What kind the of themes? The vibes. What kind of vibes does this have, Joe? Okay, let me give you a little bit about the world so you kind of get the the setting. Human beings are colonizing the the solar system, 
right? So human beings are going around colonizing the solar system. Earth has turned into kind of a hellscape. There's like no natural world left on Earth. It's entirely concrete. So in order to get natural resources, we go to other planets, we set up mining operations, and we bring those things back to Earth. Mm -hmm. Um, Nick, you say things like Mars, but of course, like there's not like trees on Mars. We've so we go to Mars. Other, it's just in, dirt and rock. <laughs> but, just dirt so we, and we go to other planets for like trees? Yes, like wood? No, literally. Like, we need the, wood. Settlers of Catan has <laughs> the five resources. Yes. And what we are they, wood. Ian? Wood. Wood. Stone. Rock. Hexagon. Um, it's been a long time. Brick. Nick, you got them. Brick. Brick. Brick and rock. And yep. sheep. Or, and sheep. sheep. I feel like there's one more. There must be one more. A hamster. Hamster and lizard, lizard tail, <laughs> lizard pants. <laughs> pants. Pants are actually the hidden sixth element. They are searching the universe, just trying to make their lives a little bit better. And what happens? Well, in order to get this wood, they go to <laughs> colonize or they go to occupied planets. And oh, this book okay. starts. This book starts with. Um, the human beings have set up logging camps on this planet, um, Athshian, Athshi, Athshi. Human beings have set up logging Ath-she. camps here. Athshi, yes. They've set up a logging camp here, and they are exporting that valuable wood the 27 light years back to Earth um, because it is, yeah. It doesn't seem efficient. It doesn't seem efficient, but what is so valuable in this universe that it is worthwhile. <laughs> I love that world where it's like the fuel that you would need to go 27 light years is like more. We have more of that than the wood that we need to what make cabins or. <laughs> yeah. Or like just structures. Yeah. Thing, things. <laughs> How else are we going to heat our houses? We need it's not wood. like this is renewable. Uh, <laughs> oh, the 70s. Unfortunately, this planet is occupied. It is occupied by peaceful people. Um, it's The world is covered with forests. The people live in small villages, each one with an independent matriarchal structure. Um, it, like Ian, or, uh, Ian and Nick, think Ewoks, right? Like this okay. is the planet Endor. These are the Ewoks. Um, they're so they small, them. peaceful people. Do they enslave them? Well... They don't call it slavery. They call right. it like independent contractors. But yes, they enslave these people. They Got live it. in pens in these logging camps. They <laughs> help do they they help do the work. They're not super good at working. So like the military people that that's occupy racist. these planets are well, that's what they say. They're it's really okay. they're not mean real to them. And it's not oh, a metaphor. Good. Okay, never mind, Joe. And it's on. not a metaphor, Ian. So don't worry about that either. Oh, yeah. okay. And there are no metaphors in your book, right, Joe? No, well, no, no metaphors in my book. It's just all. She's just, I mean, she's invasion. really like, um, she's just about fun romps. She's mm-hmm. not really concerned about sending a message. Nope, not at all. Not, so, not like when. That's it. Um, the human beings, the Terrans, are occupying this place. There are a bunch of people living there already. They are enslaved. We are just deforesting this new planet, and conflict arises, is the premise of this book. So, twist. We're doing mm-hmm. the invasion, as you mentioned. We are the aliens, Nick. So do these Ewoks wear pants or some sort of loincloth to hide their large genitals like in Let's Star really Wars? Let's really get into the panting, the panting situation. I think I think they're naked. They don't necessarily they're, get into it. They're covered with <laughs> green fur. They're covered with like green fur. Really naked. They're pretty little. They're Ewok size. They are one meter tall, which is okay. just little. That's, and, that's and, quite little. And how many 
sandwiches is that? Wait, are we are these sandwiches stacked with the bread the short way or the tall yeah, way? Yeah, you've got to clarify. And also, they- is it a flat loaf? So they're oblong and if they're on, the, on their end. That's like a. Are they baguettes? Is it? It sounds like environmental slash colonialism. Okay, slash- could, Nick Bing, you, you nailed one of them. Oh, you actually you nailed two of them. Ecology, ding, 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 ding. Colonialism, ding, 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 Lorax. ding. Lorax. Lorax. Well, we'll put that under ecology. You don't get a second ding for that. Um, there's like themes of like war and aggression. So Le Guin is writing this book. This is 1973. She publishes it. She's writing this during the Vietnam War. Right. Like Vietnam has turned away the French. America is mired in Vietnam at the time. And this is a pretty overtly anti anti Vietnam book Um, to the point where even where even though it received a lot of like love, it won a lot of awards and things like that. When Le Guin writes retrospectives about this, when they asked her about this late in her life, she lived until 2017, 2018, something yeah, like that. She's an old, old person. She, she was an old person. When they asked her about it late, she's like, ah, uh, I think it was a little like she doesn't use the word heavy handed, but like that's kind of what she's talking yeah, about. She's like, yeah. she's like, it was a little bit too on bold, the bold strokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little that's bit really, bold strokes. This is why I love this show. Just briefly interjection. Um, I love this book and I've read it and so on and so forth, but being adult, I never looked up. Oh, I never connected the dots. Oh, this is an anti Vietnam book. Um, that's a whole new, a uh, whole new Vista on, on this oh. text. And thanks. That's all thanks to Joe. Right. All right, Joe, did you like this book? I loved it. Who are the characters? Like, are you behind a character or is it a, uh, just a, a fun? Yeah. So cast? pretty much there's three, there's three characters. There's something like eight chapters in this book and there's three different point of view characters um the first point of view character we meet is a guy named davidson davidson um davidson Davidson. he's captain davidson he is a commander at one of the camps and he hates the what he calls the the creatures um it's a derogatory word for the creatures on this planet um he thinks they are lazy imaginative i mean i don't expect them to be imaginative but that's bad imagination is not davidson's big that's not his strong suit he hates the creatures he believed that uh he believes that the terrans are just naturally superior to them we are bigger we are stronger we are industrial etc he doesn't understand why they live in these like huts in the forest and he believes that like we are kind of doing the creatures a favor by you know occupying their planet and and stripping it of natural resources the second point of view character is a guy named selver he is one of the creatures he's one of the uh. I, I, i'm sorry one of the ashians um selver's kind of cool he's a male in his society he is a dreamer which is like an actual position that you would hold in this oh, society like a societal kind of this is your job for life type of thing you get to dream like this, is, like this is your yeah you get to dream like you step into the dream world you interpret the unconscious the subconscious you bring those messages back to us and we act on those messages okay, so that character is ursula Le Guin. got it so he's in here. Um, he's Shameless self-insert. And they're really cool. He's sensitive. He's intuitive. And um, they, there's a conflict between him and Davidson that drive most of the plot. And then yeah. the third point of view character is a guy named Lubyov. Um, he's like 
the link between these two worlds. He is a human. He's a Terran. He is from Earth, but he's not here as a member of the military. He is not here as a logger. He is here as an anthropologist sent to study the the Etchians. Uh, uh, this guy's there for like HR purposes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like he's the, one therapist along. To like, he's the compliance <laughs> man. Yes. 50,000 uh, yeah, army and then one a guy from HR to yeah, uh, the, just make sure everything goes smoothly for our integration. Well, and you've nailed it. And a lot of like um, Raj Lubiev's um, point of view chapters are him being like, hey, hey, we're being pretty terrible to these to these uh, native species. I need to communicate that back to Earth so something can happen about it because the structures on this planet don't care. But I also need to maintain my spot is respected within the hierarchies of this culture so that like I don't get censored and stuff like that. Like my reports that I write about us being terrible to these to these creatures um, don't get censored on their way back home. By the way, that way back home for them to send a message takes 27 years. So they send a message home, takes 27 years to get there. It comes back, takes 27 years to get back. What are some um, what are some fun things about the sci-fi here? There are spaceships in this book. There is faster than light travel in this book. They have um, like helicopters that they call hoppers, which I thought was cool. They don't call them choppers. They call them hoppers. I really fun. liked that. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's like a great invented language like... Um, you know how you read a book and they just... Would you like to speak some of it? Well, no, they us? introduce... I would like, like you to speak some of it. Um, yeah. No, it's not like In a language. You've done such good with your pronunciation. So good, mm, yeah, Joe. I have been doing well. No, but there's stuff in here like like um, Davidson, the the commander Davidson. at the camp. Davidson. Davidson. He talks about people going spla all the time. And if you go spla, you go crazy. Like you lose your mind. He's spla, you, man. Yeah, you went. Yeah, he's spla. He went spla. You're spla, uh, man. You're spla. <laughs> So, okay, but that's none of that is sci-fi. Those are just a list of things you like. Is there any cool sci-fi like when you- Laser swords. Force fields. Uh, oh, are there okay. any lightsabers? So there's no lightsabers. There's no force fields. In fact, like the munitions that they use is very, they're very non-sci-fi. There's like petroleum Boring. jelly bombs Boring. and there's like guns and stuff like that. Like it's very non-sci-fi. There is a thing called an ansible um, that I think becomes important in this universe. It's Sounds faster than light communication and oh they get it like goodness. halfway through here so that they can communicate instantly with people back on earth. That's critical. I That's think. that was cool. I am. I am reminded as we're talking about this, uh, that way back when a long time ago for our Taoism week, mm. I brought Le Guin's book, the dispossessed, which she calls an ambiguous utopia. I don't remember. And that. a, that's fine. I didn't until I, I searched it. Yeah. <laughs> a big part of this book um, Lidheads, you can listen back. This is quite a while ago, probably a year plus. A big part of this book is the process of discovering the Ansible. Um, and the fact that she like spends the, this much effort on um, communication suggests something about the points she's trying to make. Um, yeah. As I recall, the way word for world is forest. Communication or breakdowns thereof is kind of important in this book, too. Uh, she, she coined this term. So the Ansible was uh, coined in, in this book. And it's, yeah, it's used to talk about fast communication, but it's also used in other, it's used in Ender's Game. It comes up 
that word and that terminology. So she kind of like invented this. This this is the sign of this is the sign of like good science fiction. Good when you, yeah. When you come up with something that everyone's like, ooh, that's good. I that's whether it's a word one, yeah. or yeah. Uh, a concept. And it, and that it is a good word, though. The Ansible. Yeah, yeah the Ansible. Sounds, what is that? It sounds like is an answer, but it's not element? answer. Well, yeah. and, and that's actually like one of the last themes from this book. Great that's re- that's super interesting. That gets into. And I think what makes this like heavy hitting hard sci-fi stuff is like it just deals with ideas, 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 ideas. And one of the last themes here is there's a strong central idea in this book that once something is introduced, once an idea is introduced, it doesn't go away, right? Like once something comes out, you can't, you can't silence it anymore. And here- Like a fart. Like, like a, a lizard fart. pants. The concept yes. of lizard pants. Lizard pants. Hamster armor. Here, the Afshians are introduced to the idea of interpersonal violence by the Terrans. Right. Like they're uh, introduced to the idea of they war. They weren't even by doing the war. They weren't even doing war. Nick, do you know how they solved problems before the Terrans show up? You're going to love it. Competitive singing is how they solve pickleball. <laughs> uh, competitive singing. That is. Wow. OK, so this is like the 70s, obviously. Uh, is this it's um, very obviously the 70s? That's very obviously. obviously the 70s made by that last point. How is this pretty much okay? It's a metaphor for uh, Nam. Is this just war bad? And this is just a complete kind of like we've heard this before in our head, right? Like yeah. this, this war and this kind of comparison, this story. Is there is there anything kind of interesting for that like metaphor yeah, or comparison? I, th- I think these are the good things in here, right? Like war bad, war yes. bad. Check colonialism. Good yeah, guys. Uh, oh nope. Also bad. Okay, bad. Well, also bad for. Most people for for the people <laughs> that are being colonized, right? Got is mostly it. what's bad for. Okay. As I recall, it like the the book presents um, the colonizers as kind of being impoverished by their own, like they're they're not like yes, we feel we are colonizing and we feel okay. fulfilled and good and better humans. They're they're becoming they're making themselves worse by doing the colonizing. Yeah, Co- colonizing also bad. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Bad. Bad for the Just colonizers. Bad War for the bad. colonized. Yep. Trees. 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 Oh, ecology. Trees. Nick. Good. Nature. Good. good. I could have called that. Yeah. yeah Colonialism. Bad. War. Bad. Violence. Bad. Dreaming. Good. Nature. Dreaming. Good. Dreaming. Yeah. Good. Okay. Nature. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So like seems like you could just read the Lorax. <laughs> well, right? hey, another good thing about this is it's about the length of the Lorax. This is a, this is a novella. It's like 100 pages long. It's, it's a pretty oh short little book. Goodness. Is yeah. there a Onesler character? Is there a, a anyway, there? Sorry. Okay. It's, it's oh, a Lorax that's a, it's a yeah, Lorax deep cut. Anyway, 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 moving on. All right. We're, I think about done here. Gentlemen, welcome to Tiffany's A Safe Place for you to tell me all the terrible, terrible things about your book without it being held against you. You could still win and say something bad about your book. How exciting. Ian, go first. <gasps> you can just um, name one thing. Oh, I'll name two things. I don't okay. think this, this is this book is all about Breaking being funny. I yeah. don't think it's that funny. You didn't think it was funny. I, I, I Joe, name something bad funny. about your book. Oh, wait, what yeah. was your other thing, Ian? I don't think it's that original. It feels okay. kind of like a retread. <laughs> all right, that's good. Ian, uh, you're done. Joe, 
Um, if I had one complaint about this book, I thought it was a little um, heavy handed at times, right? Like there's a spot where she sp- explicitly talks about the futility of guerrilla warfare, or the, the futility of fighting <laughs> against guerrilla warfare. But and with she uses gorillas? those terms. <laughs> yeah, you know, like with gorillas in pants. So you need an the owl to get rid of the hamsters. You need a coyote to get rid of the owls. Hamsters, and coyotes, and lizards, and then gorillas, then gorillas last. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Ugh. So, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I've read the Lorax, so I think I'd, I'd like to give Joe yours a shot. Ian, you lose. Love it. Um, Thank you. I'm so sorry, uh, Lithead Nicholas. Nicholas, that Ian failed you today. Um, mm-hmm. I think it sounds well, like a good book, but his presentation just sucked. It just sucked. It just sucked. Ian, maybe sucked, maybe it wasn't the presentation sucked, that, that sucked. sucked. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it was a why don't you <laughs> why don't you encourage the Litheads, Ian, on what they can do to help create a, a better future for us? I'd like you to and invade and lay waste to Spotify. Okay, um, that's just a weird start. Put down They're a bunch a sponsor, of five star, so. like lay down a, a, a suppressing fire of five star reviews. Um, other podcast players of your choice are fine too. You can go to our website, you don't know lit podcast.com and uh, uh, su- suggest a book like Nicholas did. You can request a sticker and you can tell bookish friends about this podcast. Tell them, to come and listen to Joe say beautiful things about beautiful books and Ian say mediocre things about mediocre books. Yep. Congratulations, Le Guin. You deserved it this week. This quote has to do with the idea that once an idea is introduced, it doesn't go away. There's been no more killing then? None. They'll tell you, Selver said, nodding towards the colonel and Goss. Among your own people, I mean. Astheans, killing Astheans. Selver was silent. He looked up at Lepanon, at the strange face, the white, uh, white as a mask of the ash spirit that changed as it, meant his, as it met his gaze. Sometimes a god comes, Selver said. He brings a new way to do a thing, or a new thing to be done, a new kind of singing, or a new kind of death. He brings this across the bridge between the dream time and the world time. When he has done this, it's done. You cannot take things that exist in the world and try to drive them back into the dream to hold them inside the dream with walls and pretenses. That is insanity. What is, is. There's no use pretending now that we do not know how to kill one another.